Welcome to the Practice Brave Podcast. I am the host, Brianna Battles, founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism and CEO of Everyday Battles. I'm a career strength and conditioning coach, entrepreneur, mom of two wild little boys, and a lifelong athlete. I believe that athleticism does not end when motherhood begins, and this podcast is dedicated to coaching you by providing meaningful conversations, insights, and interview topics related to fitness, mindset, parenting, and of course, all the nuances of pregnancy and postpartum. From expert interviews to engaging conversations and reflections, this podcast is your trustworthy, relatable resource for learning how to practice brave through every season in your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Practice Brave podcast. Today I am here with Heather Osby. And if you follow me, you likely know Heather. She and I created the Pregnant Athlete Training Program together. And she has now evolved her role in my life to <laughs> kind of being my right hand woman in business and marketing. But before any of those roles, one thing that we have in common is we have both been pregnant and postpartum athletes and coaches. And that will always be a significant part of our story, our identity, and some truths that we can both really speak to authentically. So Heather, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be back doing this again. The podcast has grown so much since the last time I was here. I know. Heather's like one of the OG guests. Um, (laughs) So if you haven't listened to episode four, The Practice Brave podcast, we recorded a really good one on how to train during pregnancy or some some variation of that uh, subject. So that would be a really good place to start if you are a pregnant athlete and that is a season that you are approaching or in. I think that'd be a really valuable podcast. But today we are going to be going over six adjustments that pregnant and postpartum athletes can make. And we chose six because we wanted to do three for pregnancy three for postpartum and keep it really conversational, both with coach brain, but also mom brain. We have been through that before. We work with so many different people with the pregnancy program, with the postpartum program. We get the emails, we get the DMs, we get you. So we're here to talk a little bit about that. Heather, before we dive in, will you give people just some background on who you are and what you've done and what you do? Yes. So I have an interesting story because I didn't really touch a barbell until I was in my mid twenties. I would say except for that one time I couldn't bench it in gym class when I was like 15 years old. Um, I was a dancer for 17 years and then didn't really have much luck, like finding sustainability and fitness until I joined a CrossFit gym when I was 25. And like many people feel when they walk into a CrossFit gym, it was like I was home. I just loved the experience of the community. And it was my first exposure to strength training. And it felt great. The confidence that I picked up from being able to learn to lift and get strong just totally changed my life. Um, So I CrossFitted through my first two pregnancies with not a ton of... Actually, especially in my first, very much a mentality of like... I'm a badass, got to keep up, right? I lived for those like accolades that people would give me those like atta girls when I was running or jump roping like late in my pregnancy, doing all the things today that I would have a completely different perspective on today. So in my third pregnancy, I changed everything. I still went to the gym, but I was like, gosh, I wish there was a program that existed that was like for somebody who likes CrossFit, but, but is pregnant. So I started to like, every day, my workout, like I was like, here's where we start and then made some adjustments. And, um, that's, you know, exactly how the pregnant athlete was born. Um, so that's kind of been my experience with fitness. Now I don't regularly go to a CrossFit gym anymore. I primarily train since the pandemic out of my garage gym, um, which is great, but still love to hit a class here and there when I can. And, yeah, I went from actively um, coaching other women um, inside first my local community and then online and then now to working side by side with you every day. So it's been quite the evolution for sure. For, as somebody who like, I mean, literally walking into a CrossFit gym changed my whole life, like from my friendships to my relationships to my career trajectory. It changed everything for me. And here we are today as a result of that choice. And one thing that you didn't touch on is that you like you were coaching women, but like very specifically 
pre and postnatal, you got into yeah. the world and you saw that early on, even before your third pregnancy. And you were kind of like, oh, there's a lot here, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot that I wasn't super aware of. And I don't know when exactly in that process you found the coach course, but. You know, so as a 27 year old coach who hadn't had any babies, I found the women who were all like lining up to go pee before we would jump rope. Um, I was like, what is going on here? Like, why does everyone have to pee when they jump rope all the time? You know? And of course I was like, that's not going to be my problem. And I don't need to be a coach that understands this at that time. That was sort of my line of thinking, unfortunately. But as I started to work with women more, um, I, I will never forget it. I will never forget the text message from a friend who said, my stomach looks weird when I do sit-ups. And I was like, I heard about this thing. It's called diet something. And that was like my first kind of like dabble into to that world. And I wanted to understand it so that I could help her because my programming was hurting her worse. And I wanted to really, I didn't want to do that. I didn't like that. And so between her and then also experiencing after my second baby, my back just hurt so bad. And I was like, no one knows how to help me. My, my chiropractor didn't know how to help me. Physical therapy wasn't helping me. My coaches at the gym weren't helping me. No one was helping me. And Jen Campbell from Balance 365, previously that it was Healthy Habits, Happy Moms, she mentioned this girl, Brianna Battles, who like worked with pregnant and postpartum crossfitters. And I was like, maybe this girl knows something. And like, so maybe. funny. Because I was sitting in, at, at this desk, in this office, like not on a much older computer when I, when I first discovered all of that. And it's just so funny how it changed, but your perspective on everything was so different because there was not hard and fast rules like do this, don't do that. I had been operating off of um, a timeline that I had received from someone else that like at three months I could do this and six months I could do that. And you're, you like ripped that thing up and you're like, I don't know, maybe you can run at eight weeks postpartum, but maybe you can't run at two years postpartum. Like it's really just going to kind of depend. And I was like, Oh, so that was was the beginning of that. Yeah. Your, your approach was just super refreshing. And then everything I learned in the coach course, I think really made me a much, much, much better coach to every woman that I encountered after that, because it's not as much as we would love a one size fits all approach. You got to have coaches who understand the nuance of it. Right. Well, I'm, I'm glad that all worked out. You went to the coach course, you came over to my house, like less than a week postpartum because you were visiting California and that was the beginning of everything else. I know. Right. And now, like at the time, I couldn't believe that you would let a stranger come to your house. And now I totally can believe it. Uh, that's just sort of like no chill. You have I'm no like, chill. I don't know. Like you gave me a lot of money. Like you're in the area. You want to come over and like, we can, we can hang it. Clearly we have some common interests. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had a great, we had a great time and it was very funny. You know, I'll never forget the look on your face when I asked you about the web software that you use to build like opt-in pages for people to like sign up to get free things. And you're like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. And now that's my job. That's my job for pregnancy and postpartum athleticism. And it's just really funny because in that moment, I was kind of like, I could help her a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It just took a while to get there, but I'm, yeah. I'm glad we're totally. here. So totally. to dive into today's yes. conversation, we're going to start with talking about pregnancy. So three different adjustments that we would encourage you to make during pregnancy. We're going to lead off with athlete brain. Heather, do you want to share some perspective here? I mean, listen, I think that One of my biggest struggles, and then with the women we work with all the time, is that your brain doesn't always know that you're pregnant, right? And it sees a workout on the board and it thinks, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, and I can maybe do like 10 pounds lighter on those cleans and it'll it'll be fine. And then your body is starting to be like, you know, you've got more fluid, more blood volume, you get winded easier, whatever is going on. Your brain just doesn't always recognize that you're pregnant and you have to kind of pay attention to your ego and that sense that I just want to keep up with the class. I want to do what I could do before six weeks ago, six months ago, whatever. And it's something that you have to be really aware of like, who's driving that car. Is it like the educated you that like recognizes like, okay, I, I know I want to do this eventually, but like right now I'm choosing to go a different way. 
Or is it your athlete brain or your ego that's sort of like, no, I feel this intrinsic, I guess, motivation to like keep up, to hold on. You can't see me right now, but I'm like gripping my hands together, right? It's like you're trying to white knuckle your way through that. And I think you have to first develop an awareness that that even exists. And Brie, you do a wonderful job explaining exactly what athlete brain is. So I'll let you kind of share that. Yeah, I think it is just that intrinsic motivation to go and do and push harder and you know, we are, have all, if you identify as an athlete, there's a really good chance you've been trained to kind of ignore the slowdown, maybe reconsider voice of reason a lot of times, because that really helps make you successful. And you have to also learn how to leverage that a little bit to support the season that you're in, because how you're training at 22 may not be how you're training at 42. And that's okay. But typically within that that realm, there is pregnancy, there is postpartum, there is significant life changes where your exercise has to adjust to fit your current needs. And talk about needs analysis all the time in the coach course, because it's a, a great way for a coach to look at somebody and say, okay, like this is what they need to do that like to support where they want to go. And I think there is so much identity and ego attached to ability, aesthetic, um, environment, everything that we have sort of created around us to support our way of going about doing things. We get really rigid in our approach and anything less than that kind of seems lame or it seems like well, I'm not trying hard or is this even worth it now? Cause this is like, this is stupid. I don't want to have to make adjustments and modifications. I still can do it. Why should I not? And so I think that's what leads into kind of our next point is learning about your body. We have been sold this fitness culture of you're fragile, don't lift over 35 pounds. And sometimes we hear that from the medical community or by like your aunt or something Mm -hmm. or the other extreme, which is like, keep doing whatever you've always done. You're a badass. You can make the Olympic trials when you're pregnant. You can perform at this CrossFit competition when you're pregnant, hit a PR, you are made for this kind of stuff. And obviously, most athletes are going to gravitate towards that badass messaging. Now, something I say a lot is you are not fragile as a pregnant athlete, and you are not invincible. You learn to walk that spectrum through body education during pregnancy and postpartum because no one else is telling you about your body and the changes that are happening to it at the details that we're going to, because your doctor is like, oh, like the baby's measuring at this rate. You're doing this. This is all looking great. Heart rate is here. All those things are great statistics to know. And you should also take into account that during pregnancy, this is point number two, just to be clear, uh, (laughs) your body will change. It is absolutely supposed to change to accommodate the growth of a baby. So a diastasis is something that people really freak out about. They're so afraid it's going to ruin their abs. And while there's different degrees of diastasis, it's also a super normal occurrence in pregnancies. 100% of pregnancies result in a diastasis because that is how you grow a baby. Your midline has to expand. That's just the, the midline connective tissue has to give and expand during pregnancy to accommodate the growth of the baby. Now, everybody carries differently. Some people like me tend to grow like straight out into that midline fascia. Others maybe carry a little bit wider. Some carry a little bit lower. It all really just depends. But with that, there's a lot of different pressure shifts that occur because your body is changing. So the same way you think about your abs expanding and changing, different pressures being put out, it's like a really easy visual because of a pregnant belly. The same thing is happening down below, which is your pelvic floor. It's the base of your core that is absorbing all of this new load, all of these new pressures, and changing your structure as a woman. So to keep training and to keep the same like mental approach as you had towards training, when there are significant changes to your body occurring and changing every single week, like we're, we're now we're not managing our expectations very well because we can't yeah. put that much pressure. You are supposed to adapt because your body is adapting through this season. Yeah. And I think like 
the more we can learn to work with our body, which we're going to touch on a little bit when we talk about postpartum, but it applies here too. The more we can learn to work with our body instead of against our body, it does set us up to have different expectations, which can absolutely change the outcome. So when we talk about like physiological changes, everybody always gets really neurotic about their abs, but maybe not enough about their pelvic floor. And just knowing that like you are growing a baby, it is putting pressure on your pelvic floor muscles. You have more fluid, more blood volume, all of that. And then, you know, with if you don't make some adjustments to position and breath, like it's absolutely has to be part of the conversation. You do a really good job. I think, and maybe you could touch on this for just a second of like finding that place of not being neurotic, but being informed. Right. Yeah. Cause I think it's really easy to like, there's two ends of the spectrum. There's like the athlete brain, like I'm invincible. I'm just going to kind of do whatever I made for this. I don't like this information doesn't apply to me thought process. And then there's also like the fear land. Like I'm afraid this is happening. There's all these changes. OMG I'm coning. And like, there's like this hyper awareness. So being able to be really informed about acknowledging, yeah, my body is changing. It is supposed to change. And there are some things that are absolutely outside of my control and exercise is something that is within my control and understanding how to adapt some of my training to support my changing body well, that's something I can do. And that can be really empowering if we give ourselves that permission to take a step back and not just adjust like, oh, well, if you're not doing burpees to the ground, just like elevate the surface. Like, cool. There's a lot of different exercise modifications we can make that alleviate maybe how much pressure or tension or stress or whatever is going on our core system during that time. But it's really being able to just understand that it's really, there's a lot of other variables there that we can adjust. We can adjust range of motion. We can adjust how much is being lifted. We can adjust the position in which somebody is training and exercising to just really accommodate for some of those physical changes. But it's really giving yourself that mental permission to do that and know that that doesn't make you less than, it doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you a worse athlete. It That doesn't mean it's going to make it harder for you to come back because now you're deconditioned or whatnot. It's really just sort of readjusting your own expectations for what a fit an athletic pregnancy looks like. I get to work with a really, like a lot of very high level athletes. It's super freaking cool. And it's really rewarding because it is quite literally their job to come back and be able to perform postpartum. They have to make it to the Olympics or their sponsorships, whether it's CrossFit games or I'm running triathletes, a UFC fighter, whatever. Like they have contracts, they have sponsorships, they have payment, they have competitions to show up to. The ones that I work with want to know, okay, what do I need to know about my body and what can I do to preserve that? What can I do to not not preserve my training and my abilities? What can I do to preserve my body? And that is a switch that I wish more athletes would assume because it would save them so much in in terms of like their expectations and a lot of the symptoms and injuries that are aggravated by kind of pushing boundaries during a season that it's just not worth pushing boundaries during pregnancy. If you're in it for the long game, if you want to be running at 40, at 50, at 60, if you want to be doing all these things, this lifetime of athleticism, being able to make some of those adjustments during pregnancy really matters. Yeah. I think such a common thing that, especially that I used to get asked all the time, is like, well, what modification can I do for this? Or what modification for that? And like you said, there's great modifications. We've got a a free download that has like 30 of them, right? But what I like to encourage people to think about is like your training is in a whole new chapter. Think of like your life of athleticism as a book. And this is a chapter. And you're not trying to do things exactly the way you did before with just these simple little tweaks here and there. Like I do burpees to a box instead of the ground, for example. It's like, okay, this is a new chapter. I have this background. I know where I want to go. But how will I, how will this whole chapter look? And then adjusting from there. So thinking bigger, if you're thinking exercise modifications, that's a great start. But now can you zoom out and look a little broader at overall adjustments that we can make during this chapter? And then we'll move into postpartum. And then hopefully we'll move into like a rebuilding and reintegration back to what you want to do for the lifetime of your athleticism. And like the the adjustments we make now are on behalf of all of that. Right. And then to like be really clear, because I think I almost combined the body education point with our next point. But 
body education during pregnancy is knowing a diastasis is very normal. My pelvic floor has added stress and changes. So that means I need to be really aware of some potential symptoms that I'm either trying to mitigate with my training during pregnancy, or I need to learn how to manage during pregnancy. So that can be something like leaking, um, that's like peeing when you jump or when you run or when you sneeze or whatever. So that can become very common in pregnancy and pressure in your vagina, feeling like something's falling out or just like uncomfortable where it just feels extra heavy or maybe like sharpshooting pain where it feels like you're getting like stabbed in your vagina. And if those of you who are not pregnant, you're probably like, what the hell birth control? <laughs> like, but it's understanding that these are very common experiences and exercise can help mitigate some of those symptoms. Again, in, in the ways that we can't control, we cannot control everything, but because there's so much change to your body, you have to be aware of, well, what is some of that change indicating? What could like, how am I going to potentially injure? And I'm using air quotes, injure myself with this training. Cause you don't want to aggravate these symptoms that again, you're already kind of at an increased risk for because your whole freaking body is changing. Hormonally, you're changing. There's just so many changes that are very common during this season. So what can you do about it? And that's that body education and like movement adaptability. So movement adaptability is our next point. There is so much fear about losing ability. And again, I know we kind of touched on this a bit, but this fear of like, well, I, I'm like, I want to be able to do this. Like for me, when I was pregnant with Cade, eight years ago, my thought process was, I want to maintain this squat set every week. So that was like five (laughs) sets of five at 155 pounds every Monday throughout my pregnancy. There's no like good reason for doing that. And I just want to be super clear right now. Like there is no good, like physiological strength performance reason for doing that. My reason for doing that was ego. And we can frame that in the same way as like, my goal is to run every day in my pregnancy. My goal is to run a marathon at 32 weeks of my pregnancy. My goal is to do box jumps my whole pregnancy. My goal is to do pull-ups my whole pregnancy. We see this all the time in the like athletic pregnant circle, right? Because it is this ego that's attached to our identity, to what we want to prove something to ourselves, or maybe even to others. Like now with social media, there's so many people watching and you get praised for being a badass. Mm-hmm. I would like to shift the cultural messaging and understanding to like, what is that really serving? Because doing that many squats at that load, when I was that freaking pregnant, there was no way to counter that much pressure that was going on my abs. And I ended up having a significant diastasis after Cade. And yes, we could say it's because he was a big ass baby or because I'm five, three and I carried straight out. Yes. Those things. And all of my pressure, my pressure management strategies were like straight out, big breath into my rib cage and straight out into my midline. And so I was just kind of aggravating something that was already there. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's how it presented for me. A lot of other people it's, well, God, I was aggravating prolapse symptoms. I was aggravating incontinence. And I didn't know that because this is what I, I just wanted to keep running. I just wanted to keep jumping. I just wanted to keep doing this. And we don't have that movement adaptability, that willingness to say like, can I do five sets of five back squats through my pregnancy? Yeah. But is that load going to stay the same or increase? No, it's going to regress as each week or as each month goes on because it should, because my body is different and changing. And there's already, it's like, as pregnancy continues, the stress increases on your body. So therefore your training stress should decrease. Yeah. And for me, this showed up and I will never forget this experience. It was, I was in my first pregnancy. I was in a CrossFit gym. It was July. So it was very hot. And I was 24 ish weeks pregnant and it was a 400 meter run. Um, once around the building each round for five rounds. And I remember thinking to myself, if you don't run this today, you are making it less likely that you will run it next time. You are making it easier to make that. You're making an excuse, right? And you're like quitting on yourself and you're going to lose this thing that you worked so hard to gain, which was my, the athletic ability that I had developed. And I think, especially in your first pregnancy, you really don't have the context to know that like, it will come back. 
if this yeah. is important to you, if this is a part of your identity, after you have a baby, you will, this will still be a part of your identity. I didn't have the security of knowing that. Um, and so I like to come along with, to people beside them and let them know that because it is absolutely okay to say, this isn't right for me right now. And that doesn't mean anything about the future. It just yeah. is the right choice for today. And like, you're supposed to change. And I think before we move into the postpartum chapter, Heather, how old are you? 38. Yeah, I'm 35. Heather, how many kids do you have? Three million or three. And I have two. Heather, you have three girls. Three daughters, yes. I have two boys. Heather, is this the most athletic you've ever been in your life? A thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it just keeps it just keeps getting better because you know the compound effect of strength training is wild what it does. It's wild what it does over a year, what it does over 10 years. It's crazy. So even even now, like I don't lift the heaviest, right? But like I'm strong. I'm really strong. I'm able to do everything that I want to do. And I'm certain if I went to go try something new. Um, once I got out the, like, this is hard because it's new kind of thing, uh, I would be just as good at whatever I wanted to do now. And that's what really matters. Right. Yeah. And I feel the same. And I think that's, that's some perspective. And I think what it really comes down to beyond like, oh, I kept strength training or things like that is you get emotional intelligence with your relationship with exercise in your body. Yeah. I think that pregnancy and postpartum is like this pivotal turning point for athletes if they freaking let it be. And this is going to lead into postpartum for sure. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. if you let it be a pivotal turning point for your relationship with your body and exercise and like what you define as being a better athlete, like I'm a better athlete now, not because I'm like leaner or even faster or lifting as heavy as I was 10 years ago, but I'm a better athlete now because I'm a more versatile athlete because I can do more and I have such a healthier relationship with what I do. And I'm not, I'm not making choices that are driven through ego. I'm making Mm -hmm. choices that are driven through process and enjoyment. Like I was okay signing up for a totally new sport in at like 34, because I was like, it's fine. If I suck, like, it's freaking fine. I don't even care anymore. Like, I just want to try something new. And that was like jujitsu. Right. But like 24 year old me would have never done that. I had too much of an ego. And like, I joined a corporate gym out here and like 10 years ago, hell no, I was like way too cool for that. You know, and now I'm like, well, <laughs> it's just another, it's another avenue to add to my training because we can yeah. be versatile and the more versatile you are where you're not being driven through ego or like dogmatic exercise belief systems, the better off you're going to be for your lifetime of athleticism. Yeah. And you know, if you are hearing this and you're like, gosh, this, I, this resonates with me, um, because <laughs> this is, this was absolutely me, but then like tomorrow you go to the gym and you're like trying to like embrace this newer mentality and it feels really hard. You're doing it right. Like it's hard because mm-hmm. it's hard yeah. and it's like, you almost have to like reset your, that thought in, in your head. Like every day, maybe sometimes multiple times a day. Um, and so whether it's coming back to this podcast, whether it's having a friend who's in a similar position, a coach who gets you, um, it can be really helpful to have like that consistent reminders. Yeah. I mean, as we both know way too well through a lot of therapy, like emotional growth is the hardest growth and no other season really like magnifies that as much as pregnancy and postpartum learning to be a mom and then learning to be a mom, like again, in a new dynamic, like there's just a lot of growth that happens there. And it lets you reevaluate your relationship with exercise. And like, maybe the approach you had before is no longer serving you. And you have to be willing to recognize that and then freaking do something about it. Yeah. All right, let's move into postpartum, even though like that kind of like riffed on a lot of what we're going to talk about, which is... Well, you know, we, it's just like, um, we have the best of intentions of following like a specific plan and we like veer off, but it's always good. Sometimes good. It's usually (laughs) good. It's usually good. And today it works out. All right. Heather, how many vaginal births have you had? (laughs) Three. Oh, baby. 
And I have had two C-sections, one emergency and one choice gentle cesarean. So I like to acknowledge that because Heather and I are both coming from two different birthing experiences. And my birth was not better or worse than her birth. Her birth was not better or worse than my birth. And I think that there is so much dogma in the birth communities and the fitness communities Mm -hmm. that paint a picture of there is a right way or best way or more um, effective recovery way to have a baby that like, oh my God, if you have a C-section, it's going to be a longer recovery. It's a lot harder, whatever. And well, but if you have a vaginal birth, it's like no big deal. Like you'll, you'll bounce right back and like, that's good. And so what I want to acknowledge here, and both of us feel the same, but Heather, you can pipe in. Birth is a physiological event that creates changes and stress and trauma to the body, period. Period. Mm -hmm. No matter how the baby comes out, there's like a degree of maybe like a variation of like emotional stress that might be attached. Like maybe my emergency C-section created a whole different layer of stress and trauma than maybe like a more like progressive birth experience, what some people call uncomplicated, but I can never, I never really understand when people say birth like is uncomplicated, uncomplicated birth. Like that just, sorry, that just never makes sense to me. It's an oxymoron for yeah, sure. Like, of course it's freaking complicated. What? So a human is exiting your body. It drives me nuts, but that's like my own issue. So <laughs> I mean, I just like to acknowledge because there's so much shame and so much attachment to a particular birth method or unmedicated or medicated or Um, induced or not, or C-section or not. Like there's just so many things that we attach to, well, what does this mean for my fitness and recovery postpartum? And I just want to tell you that there's a lot of variables that come with all different variations of birth. Like there's just a lot and one is not better than the other. Yeah. They all demand time, rehab, rebuilding, all of them, whether you you know, had a very easygoing birth, whether it was very difficult, they are all going to require a manner of trusting a process to let your body heal for sure. And, you know, I think that there is like what you said, so much pressure that we put on ourselves to birth in a certain way that there is one right way. And that is drug-free, spontaneous, quick, right? In a field. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, seriously. And I held on so tight to this, like it was gonna be this way. Mm -hmm. You would be shocked to find out that I had a birth plan that was two pages front and back and laminated Brianna. It was laminated. Did any of it go according to the laminated sheet of paper? It did not. It did not. And I mean, I was 10 days overdue with my first, which I was overdue with all of mine. But as I reflect back on that, I have to wonder if there's a certain element of me just holding on so tight to like this exact way that I wanted it to be that didn't let my body just like relax and kind of just like let it happen. But regardless, right, like a child has exited your body. You have had a, a placenta detach from your uterine wall. Um, there is there you will have blood loss afterwards, right? Um, there's just a certain it is a physiological event, and you have to treat it as such. And to expect yourself to just bounce back, even though our culture glorifies bouncing back, right? That's not like a thing. It's a thing the media kind of created right. um, on magazine covers, right? But we didn't see we you don't see everything that goes into that, so. Oh, 100%. And shocking. I know I'm not much of a planner, just more of like a big picture. <laughs> I, I also had a birth plan and it did not go to plan. And I think I struggled so much after Kate's birth with the emergency C-section, not because of the actual freaking C-section itself, but because of what I thought that meant for me. Like, yeah. because it was like, oh, well, uh, like I was, I was like fit enough. And I thought that because I was like, so fit whatever that like, this was going to be like I would obviously have a natural birth and then I could mm-hmm. get back to the gym and my fitness and now C-section felt like it just derailed me. But that was just because that was my perception, which was inaccurate, an inaccurate perception of what that meant for me. So I, I just think that that's a part of a conversation that attaches to fitness. That's merely not being had in a very helpful way because mm-hmm. we still have so much, um, 
I guess, inaccurate perceptions of birth and what's better or worse or right or, or not. Um, and you just, you kind of have to find peace and acceptance with how that baby comes out. Yeah. And disregard the the dogmatic advice that's out there. I mean, I still see Facebook ads and Pinterest posts for workout programs that promise me that I will have a shorter labor and delivery time. Listen, I was, I was working out until my due date with all three of my kids. None of them came quickly. None of them, my fitness level, I was very strong and fit going into those births. And the first two were both 24 hours each. The last one um, was the fastest, but I mean, I think by that point, they just started falling out a little bit, Um, but you know, like it just didn't, it doesn't make it faster. And I don't think I'm not, not here to knock being fit during your pregnancy, obviously, because I do think it made certain elements easier, like moving around for sure, but it doesn't necessarily make it faster or like you. Yeah. Yeah. The whole fit for birth thing is so is super dogmatic and it's not advice and messaging that you will ever hear us use because it's, it's just really shamey. So we're not here for that, but speaking of shamey, you mentioned body back and we've liked to reframe body back as okay. Like there's actually no going back. So as an athlete, we know a lot about progression. So that means we we have to shift our focus to moving forward under our new circumstances, we have a new baby, we have a new life and routine to adjust to. We have a body that's experienced a lot of different change. So how can we move forward with these new circumstances and this new life in the body that we have in the mind that we have, knowing that it will all just keep evolving and changing anyway? Yeah, I mean, that is, wouldn't it be great, right? If you can yeah. just like snap your fingers and just like have it back. But it's not even how you want, how you'd want it. You know, your life is different. Your training needs to be different, not just because your body is healing, but you're tired. You have a lot more demands on your plate. You're juggling so many things. So embracing that, like you're finding your new way and being okay with that being a little bit hard for a minute um, is a really important thing to like grab, move towards that mindset versus this, like, I have to get back to where I was mindset. And I think that shift can do a lot for accepting where you're at in the process. Right. I was so focused after having Kate, I was so focused on like, I just got to like get back. I just got to get back that it literally robbed me of that whole first year postpartum. And I hate that. Mm -hmm. Like, I still hate that to this day. I hate that. Like I was so focused on like, well, God, I like need to be able to lift this weight again and like look like that again. And like, I was like taking pictures of my stomach transformation every like week or month or whatever it was. It just robbed me of just being able to freaking adjust and acclimate to him because it Mm -hmm. it just pulled that focus in a really unhealthy direction. And we, we see that so much. So, you know, just a piece of advice from someone who's kind of been through it a couple different times and knowing that like with chance, God, I just gave myself so much freaking grace. I was like, I'm okay. If this is what I look like, I'm, I'm just okay with it. And you know what? I'm, I'm okay. Exercising at this, like at, with this ability, because I am actually finally getting to enjoy this baby. And I wish I would have been able to have that perspective with my first, but there's a lot of grief and loss of identity that comes with both pregnancy and acclimating to motherhood and postpartum. Plus you got a freaking ton of hormones on top of that. So it just makes everything like extra hard. There's a lot of feelings and emotions to process. And I can't say that's a super strong point of mine. <laughs> <laughs> and it feels like if you force it, right? Like if you're like, I can just get back to this level of fitness, then life will feel more normal again. Right. And you know, you have, you have a baby, like it's, you have to kind of establish that new normal. And I, w- I wish there was research that could support the next point that I'm about to make, but I know you feel similarly to me and that like, there is a time when it naturally just does start to get easier when your baby is sleeping a little bit better, when maybe when it's when you wean from nursing or I, for me, it always felt like around that, like 10 to 12 months, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, it, this is just like flowing. 
Like, I don't feel like I'm forcing it. It's just kind of flowing better. And for many of my friends, my athlete friends, they felt very similarly. We don't have research that supports, like we're making, you know, some anecdotal observations as to why that might be, but you have to know that like, that is very likely coming for you. I like to call it like, you know, what are those called? leaps in baby land, yeah. right? And you have the app, then it tells you like, there's like wonder weeks and they hit there in this leap or whatever. So mm-hmm. I very much with myself and with the freaking thousands of people that I've coached can sense there's leaps around that four month mark, the between six and seven, and then around nine and 10, and then around 12 to 13 months there's a significant you leap, not your baby, mm-hmm. but shit changes with you and it's your brain and it's your body. And maybe it's like, there's aspects of weight or just like your emotions and mental health. Like there are shifts and changes and it is very hard to even tell you like what those things are. But I just want to give you those like very rough timelines because I was someone mm-hmm. who was like, just tell me what I'm working for. Just tell me like, (laughs) like, just tell me what's coming. Tell me like what I need to like look out for or be aware of. And it's not going to be dramatic. It's just going to be that subtle. Like you just have a little bit more peace. You have a little bit more flow. You have a little bit more routine. You have a little bit, maybe you see some progress in your symptoms improving. You just hit physiological, mental, emotional leaps. And, and I think that even if it's not that exact timeline for you, you're going to start to notice like, again, that getting easier or just adjusting and it comes in increments. Yeah. And if you want to learn more about that, we have a free training that you've put together that would be under the free resources section of the website. We'll make sure to link to it in the show notes, but there's a whole section on the athlete leaps that right in that in there. So if you want to learn more about that, you talked at length in there and I thought it was really excellent. So well, that's funny just, because I don't, <laughs> of course you're plugging that. Like I don't like never think to plug all that stuff, but I guess it's well, I hired you for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's part of it. And I just remember it being like really impactful to me. So I would imagine there's other people who are like, yeah, I want to hear more about that. There's, it's, it's 30 minutes. It's on demand. You can binge watch a little Brianna. So Sorry in advance, <laughs> um, but no, but that is definitely um, a helpful resource. When I get all fired up, sometimes I say things that, that help a little bit. All right. So on our last point here, the famous question in the DMs, Hey, when can I do blank again? You can literally insert like any movement, any any anything in there because there is this again rooted in that like identity and and like desperation to feel normal and like see a part of yourself again know like how to manage your own expectations well at six months can I run again or at like four weeks postpartum can I run again can I do box jumps yet when can I throw a weight belt on like there's so many different questions of like when am I allowed to do this again Mm -hmm. And while I have a variety of answers for all of those situations, I'd like to encourage you. And if you've been following this podcast or me or Heather for any amount of time, you already know this first point, but before you begin exercise, if you can, I'd really encourage you to see a pelvic floor physical therapist, even if it's just for a one-time assessment, because it helps you become very aware of your body. You should not, when you are cleared by your doctor, and I think Heather does a good job of like, of kind of saying like, like what happens when you're cleared, Heather? What are you cleared for? Well, it means your cervix is closed. It means your bleeding has stopped and that's about it. You know, yeah. they, they're saying, like incisions have healed well, yeah. you know, stitches look good or dissolved or whatever. Like it's real basic clearance. Yeah. Super basic clearance. And, you know, when... Oftentimes, a physician or a midwife might not know the extent of exercise that you are interested in. So when they say, yeah, you're good to go, they mean like you're good to go for a walk. (laughs) You're not good to go do uh, 30 clean and jerks for time. Um, And there's a difference there. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, just understanding that that is like, okay, let's, you can start something 
But going and getting a pelvic floor physical therapy assessment, getting someone's hands on your body, because even if you DM Brie and I, we'd love to chat with you about that, right? But like, we don't have our hands on your body and we're not, frankly, we're not qualified to do certain things, right? So you want an assessment from somebody who can, you know, potentially do an internal, if that's something that you're comfortable with, they can put their hands on your abdomen and they can give you really specific to you cues based on what they're seeing. And that's the thing is like, we can throw out some cues that we know have worked for us or some clients, but different things work for different people. And having that hands-on assessment and conversation is just incredible. Yeah. And that's, you know, what I would encourage you to learn from them. And if we teach this in the pregnancy program, in the the six moves, like resource that we have in the postpartum program. But when you can have somebody in real time with their eyes and hands on your body, your specific needs and teaching you that neuromuscular control, it's not about your exercise. It's just about your brain being able to connect (laughs) with your abs, being able to connect with your vagina and syncing that coordinating it. It's not about strong or weak. It's just about coordinated. And again, when that whole system has been stretched out or freaking vacated, like there needs to be a connection made again. It's really that simple. You are relearning how to connect with a part of your body that has significantly changed over the past year. That's something that if possible really requires that hands-on approach at least once so that you have that baseline, you can practice and then you can build upon that baseline with your exercise and your return to greater levels of intensity. So start off with uh, pelvic floor physical therapy. Can you talk about like nursing and sleeping and some of those factors that influence postpartum and hormonal health and all of that? Yeah. I mean, I can remember breaking down when my oldest was like I don't know, six days old. And my husband was like, what's wrong right now? Cause it was like always something. Right. And I was like, I just feel like I'm just what my life is one long nap. Like, you know, I was like sleeping in like 20 minute increments. And that is something that, you know, I don't think anything really prepares you for the level of disruption that can cause to your life to your mental health, to your physical motivation to do things, right? Like it's just hard when you're not sleeping. And then with nursing, I mean, someone needs you all the time, right? And even if you're pumping and letting someone else feed the baby, like there's just, your boobs feel different. It can be uncomfortable to lay on your stomach on the ground if you were to do burpees or something along those lines. So all of that are just factors that need to be, um, the influence your rebuilding phase and your recovery. And um, again, I think that when we lack of sleep can really make your hormones go all over the place. Right. And so it makes you crave sugar more. It makes you more irritable. It makes just everything feel harder. And I would love to say like, well, just hand your baby off to someone and get a long night of sleep. Right. But that's not how that goes. You kind of have to learn to adapt what you're outputting on a daily basis in terms of the expectations of what you think your brain should do, what you should do for fitness, like dial that in to match the level of sleep you're getting and how much someone needs you. And even nursing a newborn is going to be very different than nursing a nine month old. I mean, when I was nursing a nine month old, it was like three minutes and then they like slap your boob and walk away and you're like, that was aggressive. Um, (laughs) I know, right. It's just, it, it gets easier, but giving yourself a lot of grace during that time frame for sure. Absolutely. And then in terms of, you know, rebuilding and that timeline of that, when can I actually do these things again? So in uh, general, like, yes, you rehab, it's that neuromuscular control that's doing your activities of daily living. It's building basic strength and fitness, dumbbells, kettlebell, maybe like an unloaded barbell, just like loading your body, but in a way that's like, you're still kind of building a foundation of movement and neuromuscular control before you're starting to think about intensity or performance or heavier challenging loads where it's like, basically before you're like working hard stage, mm-hmm. you have to work easy. And that's really freaking hard because we are sold that like your workout doesn't count unless you're like dying on the floor after a super sweaty and like out of breath. But your workout counts, like you're getting in movement and that is freaking good. That is really good postpartum. That fact that you're moving super intentionally with a lot of awareness, 
it is a much more effective workout when you are not over stressing your body. So if you start, I was like trying to find this freaking tweet I did. Um, but like, if you're, if you're trying to start with intensity, you will hit your wall fast postpartum. And that wall might be yeah. symptoms. It might be an injury. It might be your mental health just blowing up on you. We've all been there. And that's why I talk super candidly. But if you can really get that neuromuscular control, your basic fitness, where it doesn't feel like it's a good workout, like that's a sign that it's actually a really good workout for you right now. And then you will build to the explosive and the dynamic and the challenging loads and movements over time. But that doesn't really happen your first four to six months postpartum. Again, think about those like leaps we talked about. You cannot be adding further stress to a body that is already deprived of sleep, that mm -hmm. is nursing, that is healing from birth. So exercise should work with you, not against you. And pushing that intensity in, in a lot of different ways, whether that's volume intensity or load intensity or speed intensity, that will only backfire. It's just a matter of when. Oh, 100%. I remember six weeks postpartum with my oldest, I went back to CrossFit and the workout was 100 thrusters, um, 65 pounds and 100 burpees. And I can't remember exactly how, I think you could split it up however you wanted to. And I was like, I'm no dummy. I'm going to cut this in half because I just had a baby. And like looking back, I can remember being in that gym. I can remember how hard that felt. I can remember how much my whole body was like, no, absolutely. We cannot do this. This is not okay. And it set me up to feel worse about myself, right? Now to contrast that with my first workout with my third baby, after my third baby, I remember I held the kettlebell and I walked laterally. And then I did some air squats. And I think I did some push-ups against the wall, like just reintegrating. Yeah. And I, I did like a little slow, I say circuit, but like did no speed attached, right. right? And it was such a different experience. I felt at the end of that, I felt like, okay, that felt doable. Like that felt good. I can come back tomorrow or the next day and do a little bit more versus like that first workout that just smoked me. It left me mentally defeated. It left me physically a mess. It definitely contributed to issues that I've had with my back and my hip and all of that. Um, but like the slow way is the fast way. Right. And I remember when you told me that and I was like, I don't like you and I don't want to hear that right now. But you know what? Here we are. And you were yeah. right. If you want to be back to doing 30 clean and jerks and running laps around the gym, like take the time to be intentional, to be slow, to tune into your body, how it feels and like rebuild. Yeah. Yeah. I found the tweet I was looking for. It's the first six approximately, approximately, and this could be like six months or year postpartum is not a timeline to see if you can hit pre-pregnancy lifts, speed, intensity, distance, et cetera, both from a recovery and rehab standpoint, as well as a performance progression standpoint. We know this in strength and conditioning, right? Like we know mm -hmm. that it takes a while to progress and to like make jumps in your loads that you're lifting your speed. And that there's a whole dang, that's a whole part of program design, right? Is like, you're starting here to get to this point. We somehow forget that that still applies to postpartum and it freaking applies more than it ever has in your strength and conditioning fitness timeline, unless you've like recovered from a significant surgery of some kind, like this is when progression matters more than it has probably ever in your life. And I know that's a really big generalization. So take that for what it is, but that is the whole point is to progress slowly and gradually based on your own unique, like needs, your own mm -hmm. levels of readiness. And that looks different across the board. But one thing that is very true is you were pregnant for a long time and then you were healing from delivery and that healing looks different for everybody. And your body, those two factors alone do not put you in a state of readiness to push boundaries in those first few months postpartum. They just, yeah. you have to earn it and progress it if you want to stay in it for the long game, which is that lifetime of athleticism that we preach. Well, and I, you said this once before I knew you really, and it clicked in me and it's never gone away, but like, 
if you blew out your ACL and you had to go have surgery on that, you would not expect yourself four or six weeks later to like be running up and down a football field or like jumping and doing box jumps and all of that. You would heck no, you wouldn't think that you should do that. Right. But because you would be like, Oh yep. I have to like give myself time to heal. I right. got to start doing some body weight stuff. Because I, I don't like, want to have to have surgery again. Cause I don't want to mess right. up the surgery that I just had, but we forget. Yeah. We forget that when it comes to pregnancy and postpartum, because you know, there's just, hasn't been that same level of education. And like, this is, you know, 20 years ago, we didn't have the volume of women that were trying to strength train the way that we do today that, you know, it was a much different time. So I think we're living in like the cutting edge a little yeah. bit, but that, that advice just never left me. And I was like, Oh, it was like a light bulb moment that that really is, I don't know, something to I don't know, put in your back pocket as you're trying to heal. Post-party. Yeah. Absolutely. It's really trying to connect the clinical with the performance and use strength conditioning as well as pelvic health to connect all of these dots with a shit ton of psychology dumped into here, because that is, you know, if we're not addressing what's happening in your brain first during these seasons, none of the other physical recommendations are going to, are really going to resonate and hit the way that they need to hit. So I know that, uh, remember when we said this was going to be like a little quick podcast between us? Yeah. That was, that was really nice that we thought that we had that intention. But if you are still listening, we really appreciate you tuning in for this conversation. If you need resources for training during pregnancy and postpartum, or maybe you feel like you would like to become a pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, which I always really love, go to my website. It's briannabattles.com. A ton of free resources for pregnancy, for postpartum. Um, You can become a pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach at any time. And then very specifically, Heather and I created the pregnant athlete training program. And Heather, do you want to like, tell them a little bit about that? Heck yeah. I mean, this is the marketing girl, right? So I feel like, like you should make that. Some people want to continue to go to their gym during pregnancy. That's totally fine. But for those of you who want like workouts that change as your body changes in each week of pregnancy, we've done that for you. We've built in all the modifications. We give you cues on breath work, body positioning and things like that. So you can really just show up and be like, I'm going to use this today. Whether you do it in your home gym or you take it to your CrossFit gym and you kind of use it to help modify like what you're doing on a daily basis, like there's tons of options in there. Um, we have, and, and it includes like options for at home as well. So on the days when maybe you have less equipment, there's home workouts and then there's like full barbell and dumbbell options as well. So it's a great program. And there also are a ton of free resources on uh, just adjustments that you can make, how to make it the training that I mentioned earlier, we'll put all that stuff in the show notes. Right. And then if you're postpartum and all of this is really resonant yes. with you, there's the eight week postpartum athlete training program and Heather take it away. That was, I mean, you did so good. I'm terrible at pitching. <laughs> I mean, listen, just like with the ACL thing, right? Like you're going to have a baby and you're going to take a certain amount of time that you should just like let yourself be. And then when it's time to go back to exercise, we highly recommend that you intentionally rebuild with progressive overload over the course of eight weeks, right? And then that gets you back to the kind of fitness that you want to do. It sets you up to safely return to CrossFit, running, jujitsu, whatever it is, it gives you a solid foundation of strength to set you up to, you know, we can't control everything, but you know, control what we can and help you strengthen and rebuild postpartum. Yeah. Really like teaching that neuromuscular control. So you're reconnecting and then you're putting it in almost like a language that you understand, which is movement, right? Like that's what I hate. It was like, I don't want to freaking do these like rehab exercises. It's so boring and I'm not going to do it. But if you put it into my workout where it's almost like sneaky, then I'm going to do it. And like, then, then you can have, I'll commit to that. So that's what I, you know, we really try to do with these programs is make it so that people it's like part of what you do instead of being this like significant add on it is rewiring the way that you think and approach your training during these seasons. So go ahead and check those out. Again, we have a ton of other free resources. If you want to speak this language and be like a nerdy coach like this, I'd obviously love to have you. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review. It helps get this message and information out into the world. Freaking algorithms and stuff. I can't even say that word. (laughs) (laughs) 
but it really does help to get this information out into the world. And there's so many people that tell me like, oh, I found you on the podcast. And, you know, like that is because you all help spread it. So thank you so much for sharing on social media. Thank you for your reviews and your feedback. And if you enjoyed this episode, let us know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Practice Brave podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and help us spread the work we are doing to improve the overall information and messaging in the fitness industry and beyond. Now, if you are pregnant and you are looking for a trustworthy exercise program to follow, I have you covered. The Pregnant Athlete Training Program is a well-rounded program for pregnancy with workouts for each week that are appropriate for your changing body. That's 36 weeks of workouts, three to four workouts each week, and tons of guidance on exercise strategy. We also have an at-home version of that program. If you are postpartum and you're looking for an exercise program to follow, the eight-week postpartum athlete training program would be a really great way to help bridge the gap between rehab and the fitness you actually want to do. From there, we have the Practice Brave Fitness Program, which is an ongoing strength conditioning program where you get new workouts each week and have a lot of guidance from myself and my co-coach, Heather Osby. This is the only way that I'm really offering ongoing coaching at this point in time. If you have ever considered becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, I would love to have you join us. Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism is a self-paced online certification course that will up-level your coaching skills and help connect the dots between pelvic health and long-term athletic performance, especially during pregnancy and postpartum. Become who you needed and become who your online and local community needs by becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. Thank you again for listening to the Practice Brave podcast. I appreciate you and please help me continue spreading this messaging, this information, and this work. Mm -hmm.